What's going on, everyone, and welcome back to Nerdwide Podcast. This is episode 41 of this said podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Haynes, and to my right is Mr. Chris Rivers. Now, Chris started recording a little late, about an hour and a half later than what we planned for. That's because the good old Tennessee Titans came in with an overtime win. Very crazy, very close. We're not going to talk about the Steelers pillow behind me or the Steelers logo to this side because that was just an abomination. We're not going to talk about it. Went through a lot of emotions today. But we're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the Titans and the Tennessee Titans. Do you like that? Yeah, I love that. Uh, <laughs> Eric Henry to the rescue, right? Right. As, as always, I feel like him and Tanner Wills are just always saving that team, period. I'll tell you what, had, had Bullock missed the kick at the end, he would have just needed to stay in Seattle. Yeah, he, he, he wouldn't have had a plane ride home. No, he's done. <laughs> I told told my wife that too. I said, "Yeah, they just picked him up on Monday, and so he hadn't even been with the team a week. So we'll let's see how this kick goes because he missed one earlier in the game. So, but you know, we're not here to talk about that, Chris. We're here to talk about all the nerdy stuff you want to know about. This is the housekeeping. Don't forget to subscribe to either our YouTube or podcasting services of your choice. If you enjoy the show, make sure you leave a thumbs up on our YouTube or give us a good rating on whatever podcasting service you are using." If you don't enjoy what you see or hear, make sure you leave us a comment, a comment and let us know how we can improve the show. Don't know how to improve the show if you don't tell us. Uh, if you want to do the extra step, you can always go to patreon.com slash nerdwide. It costs us a couple extra bucks your way if you want to go there. Now, Chris, I have to know, how's your week been? Uh-huh. Pretty good. Yeah, it, it went by pretty quick. And, uh, yeah, no complaints. Nothing uh, drama-filled or anything like that. Any overtime or anything? Good. Now, I have to notice, uh, audio listeners, Chris has got his usual setup behind him. But this week, he's got four boxes of candies on his desk there. And I see he has a superior candy that's ever been made, and that is the Dots. And I'm just, I commend you. That's the ultimate candy right there. Whenever we go trick-or-treating, I always tell Zoe, my oldest daughter, I said, any Dots you get, I get them because those are mine. Yeah. And so she goes, I don't like yeah. them anyways. I'm like, well, that's okay. They're mine. And, you know, so yeah. good call. Good call. They, they are tasty. Oh, um, as far as my week's been, it's been fine. I've been still recovering from this illness. I still have a sore throat. I don't, I, I, we still have no idea what this is. Like my right ear is still stopped up and clogged up. I feel like there's a bunch of fluid in there. And like every time I close my mouth, I, I feel everything in my brain. It's real weird. Uh, don't recommend it for anybody, whatever this is. Not COVID though, so we're okay. But Chris, Could be the Tyler variant. Listen, <laughs> we don't want to go any more variants. We don't want to go to Echo or Foxtrot or anything else. We want to stay with Delta and no more. Uh, Chris, let's get into our TV topic. I'm excited to talk about our yeah. TV shows this week. What else have you been watching? Yeah. Um, I got caught up on the first five episodes of American Horror Story. Awesome. Season ten. You liking it? So, uh, I am. I'm really liking it. Um, Ryan Murphy, he, he kind of, he uses a lot of the same actors from year to year. Uh, so, you know, Sarah Paulson's back. Evan Peters is back. Lily Robb is back. Um, Macaulay Culkin is in this season, mm. by the way. First I think, time he's I think done I knew that. Yeah. American Horror Story. He's doing a really good job. So, uh. Is this your first time yeah, watching uh, adult McCulkin or no um well i don't know how old he was like i saw party monster and i saw saved 
he was in those. Yeah, I mean, I've seen some stuff he's done since, like, the Home Alone days and, yeah. and things like that. So, um, it's, a, it's a really good season. I've never not liked an American Horror Story season, though. So, mm. it's just where is it going to fall on the scale? Right, of your top seasons. Yeah. See, so I've been watching, let's see. Caught up on Stargirl. I like where it's going. Ted Lasso, we're caught up on. That's why another reason it took me a little bit to get in here. The Emmys are on right now. My wife's in there watching them. And the first two awards, which was uh, Supporting Actress and Supporting Actor, spoiler alert, uh, Ted Lasso wins that both of those. So I'm assuming the rest of the night is just going to be a snowball of Ted Lasso awards, just basically going off of those two. Um, so we're caught up on that, caught up on Big Brother, caught up on Bachelor in Paradise, which is top tier show if you love trashy reality television all i mean it's all into chris i'm telling you it's great um this most recent episode did not disappoint uh we watched some football college football and i'm trying to think if there's anything else i've been watching no i still we're still wanting to get to lucifer hopefully we could get to it this week because spoilers are starting to come out on netflix geek on their twitter so i'm trying to i might unfollow them or mute them for a little bit until i get done watching lucifer um I never don't know what that is. Um, so that's what I've been going watching lately. But I feel like there's one more show I need to talk about, but I can't think. If I think of it, I'll bring it back. But, Chris, let's get into our spoilers here. If you have not watched What If, this is the spoiler zone. We are going to talk all about it. And same thing with the DC's Titans on HBO Max. If you have not watched Season 3, Episode 8, Home, skip forward a little bit because we're getting right into this. Have you gotten a chance? You may have. I may have missed this if you talked about it before. Uh, but the last thing I remember is you were. Um, the last thing I remember is you were getting ready to watch Brooklyn Nine Nines. Oh, that's exactly what it was, Chris. Thank you. Oh, right there. Yes, we watched the finale of Brooklyn Nine Nine. They did an hour-long finale. Uh, and it was absolutely wonderful. Like it is one of the best finales I have ever watched because what they did was all eight years, they brought it from, they brought jokes from the first episode ever made all the way through the title sequence. They brought it to the finale. Um, I don't want to spoil it in case people haven't watched it, but it, they did such a good job with it. And I cried no less, I think than three different moments, because of what they did and what they brought. Um, there's a specific scene at the very end um, where I'm pretty sure it was from actor to actor between uh, Jake Peralta's, oh, well, I can't think of his name, from Lonely Island. I don't know why I can't think of his name right now. Um, anyways, him and Andre Berg. Uh, I felt like it was an actor to actor moment more so than it was a character to character moment. And I love when shows do that and let them improvise a little bit. And it was absolutely just beautifully well done. I recommend that show to anybody. And it's going to be one of those shows I watch on my TV before I go to bed. Just have it on the loop, you know. Like I do with Friends, Parks and Rec, um, Community, and New Girl. It's going to be added in there to the, the loops. But I, absolutely beautiful. I mean, I, I, it was very well done. And they brought in so many characters from the series. Like, and they, the joke they did, the jokes of what's so great to me. Is how many times I called back to things that happened throughout the eight years of the show, and um, and then getting on Twitter later that night while I was watching the the official Twitter live tweet at all, 
and but to see the actors when it ended tweeting how much the show meant to them and thanked all the fans because we wouldn't have had these last I think three seasons because uh, it got canceled on Fox and then went to NBC and we wouldn't have had that without the fans so oh absolutely beautiful though so. mm. thanks though because that was a show I forgot <laughs> so what if spoilers we're going right into it and this one is what if Killmonger rescued Tony Stark now this takes place right at the beginning of Iron Man 1 where his convoy gets hit with uh, by the Ten Rings and um, Tony Stark is supposed to go into the cave but what happens is Killmonger saves Tony Stark as soon as he leaves the Humvee and we kind of break off that's our Nexus event is right there at that point and to me, it was great because Michael B. Jordan was in it. Always loved that actor. Great to see him in things. This story to me, I just I don't I don't know if it's the series at this point or or what. I just not I didn't vibe with this episode a lot. And you thought I would have with Tony Stark things, but I didn't vibe with it at all. I don't know what your take was, but this one just didn't click for me. Yeah, it was kind of I don't know. I I, I see what they were going for, and we get another very very brief appearance by Chadwick Boseman mm-hmm. um, well not really an appearance but you know what I mean yeah um, it it just felt like I guess at some point they had to get this one out of the way right um, the voice acting was really good like it, it wasn't that I think it was just in general the story didn't seem it just to me it wasn't that exciting, you know. I, yeah, and and it, it was kind of like the. I think the fact that they really didn't play Tony the same way that that we know him, right? And and the whole point is, you know, in the films, he has iron man inside of him right you know ultimately and uh here he just seemed like for the most part a scared guy yeah and like it was he was the side character of this story where to me it was him and killmonger as the main cast members but there was a point in the show that like it, it switched over to killmonger being the the main guy and i'm just like I'm with you. It didn't feel like our Tony Stark, and that's how it's supposed to be portrayed as. And I just, I couldn't get past the voice acting because, like, I felt like he tried too hard to be Robert Downey Jr. when acting this. He didn't, like, try to make it his own. He tried to make it like somebody else. At least to me, I don't know what the direction was in the studio, but that's what it felt like to me, at least. It it just, I I don't know. It, It was, to me, this was an episode where it was, Tony Stark is Tony Stark. The only thing that changes is Killmonger saves him. Mm-hmm. But it seemed like it changed everything about who Tony Stark was. Well, I mean, I could see how it would, or, though, because you take away the, the torture in the, in the cave, which really framed uh-huh. his mindset on a lot of things. But even pre-Tony Stark and being in the cave that we got in Iron Man... I don't feel like it was him either. And I just don't, it wasn't his little cocky self like normal. It was when he was, when he was announcing what happened 
and he made Killmonger head right. of his staff. That felt like traditional Tony Stark. Um, but that was probably the last moment that it did because at the rest of them, like you said, made him feel scared. He didn't want to do a lot. He was just kind of just doing things. And like they, they outed yeah. Obadiah Stane right at the beginning, but that just that was just kind of it. I don't I don't know. Well and 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 on top of it, when he has his his final showdown there with Killmonger, um he's easily bested by him. Right. No you thought know, processes Tony, at all. Tony Tony Stark's a genius. Right. You know, he he thought ahead enough to use the vibranium to design uh, these, what, robots, drones, androids, yeah. whatever, drones. Um, but he didn't think far enough ahead to know that Killmonger, who's from Wakanda, would be able to find a weakness in the vibranium. Right. And in that spot, like, it, it just didn't make sense. Yeah. So I think this was one where they, they wanted a story. Maybe it's a filler, and they just went with whatever. I think we've got three or four episodes left of this show. And, yeah, this is episode six. There's ten of them. So you have four more, and I'm like, I don't know what it is. Maybe I'm a burnt out on it. I'm just, no, no, no. I know exactly what it is. It's, this has no impact on the MCU. And I think that's where it's at it's for me. It's supposed to. Right, but I just I don't I don't feel like it does. Like none of this is really meaningful to me, and I don't mean that like I put in the show down or anything. It's just I, I don't know. It's just my mindset where I'm at with it. I just don't feel like I'm invested enough to care that much about it. Besides the the same voice, the same actors are voice actors, you know. So. Right. Yeah, I I think what we're getting in in a lot of cases is um, they're dropping little things in, right like little things that we may get more of down the line in the MCU, but they're dropping them in the midst of these stories that are just meant to keep us entertained for a little bit. And some are going to have more impact than others. To me, this, you said it's what, episode six? Mm -hmm. This is probably my sixth favorite episode. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, it wasn't entertaining to me. So. Yeah, I, I know a lot of people were down on the first one a little bit. They didn't. They weren't sure it was a good way to kick it off. To me, it was a lot better than this one. Yeah, I agree. I, I was in that camp that wasn't a big fan of the first one, but I agree. And I feel like they're building towards something to end this out with, but we're just not there yet. And I don't. Yeah. Because we're supposed to get Haley Atwell still as Captain America, teaming up as the Avengers with some of these other people. So I'm just kind of waiting for that to get here. But and I yeah. feel like this one kind of ended weird. Like, they ended it with uh, Shuri and Potts, you know, uh, making a plan to take down Killmonger. And yeah, just like kind of ended the episode. Right. And the, yeah. But the Watcher was seeming like that's it. I was like, okay. I mean, yeah. eh, whatever. They said, because he said, like, uh, you know, the heroes are, there will always be heroes at heart and something else. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, that was, that was what if. <laughs> <laughs> yeah alright ladies and gentlemen for the show you're all here for I know that all the producers and writers for this TV show watches and listens to our show and of course we are talking about DC's Titans on HBO Max and this was season 3 episode 8 titled Home a lot of fun uh, first overview of this episode I really enjoyed this one 
uh, from the, the Blackfire and Superboy scenes to the the acting that um, Red Hood and Robin did was just so good. And then what we're left with at the end with um, Tim Drake being shot, I just mean, I was like, yeah, all bets were off at this point. I'm all in on this. And I just, I, yeah. I can't believe, Chris, we still have, this is episode eight. We still have four episodes to go. This is a 12 episode show. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, oh, you know, what do we, it, it doesn't feel a drug out to me. Because, you know, last episode no. we had Crane and Red Hood being, essentially their whole operation being shut down. And usually right. you would get like this next episode, be like kind of a drug out episode because they're trying to find them and blah, blah, blah. It was exciting from start the beginning to finish. And I mean, I can't wait. Like I've got a couple points here. Like we've got, uh, we say uh, Tim Drake coming and meeting Dick, uh, Dick Grayson and saying, hey, I know you're uh, Robin and now Nightwing. And I know Batman was Bruce. He said, because of the one trick you did, and you're the only person in the world that can pull it off. Well, you're only of two people. One was you and one was your dad. And, of course, like, as a superhero, I'm sure you're like, ah, no, you have to dismiss every remark. But, like, when that point is made and you're like, well, hell, I mean, I, I, can't, I don't have anything to rebuke that, you know. And so, <laughs> so but he was like, oh, someone else must have done it. And I was like, okay, buddy. The one thing that bothered me about it, right, was, and I'm not sure, it seems like they're they're depicting Tim Drake to be about, what, 20? Mm-hmm. Somewhere in that range. Um, based on, based on canon, you would think Dick's probably about 30. Yeah, at the most. And he he has the accident at the circus when he was about twelve, right? Right. And so this kid was old so enough to see all that. He he was he was like two. Yeah. And so I don't and you know, video cameras he, weren't around back like, then, so No. He's he's like, I was there that night, you signed this program for me. Right. I remember every move that you did and it's like do you I don't know, it seemed like it's you know, three years difference. Maybe he's at five. He's old enough to remember it. Right. Because it would have been a tragic event. I mean, he witnessed people die, so he might have. And, and it explains his relevant. his uh, obsession as well with like the we. Yeah. I think it was the first or second episode, whatever episode we first saw Tim Drake in when he was being harassed by the police. He's got the Superman logo and the Robin I stuff think it was and everything. The very first episode, yeah. wasn't it? It was, it was one of the two because I get I'm, those are back to back to me, so. I think it was the first, and then we got in the second or third episode, we see his family. Yeah. Some more. Um, this episode, um, I loved, and, and it, was a, it was a small thing, right? But I loved the way that they kept showing the, the water spot on the oh, ceiling. Oh, the ceiling, right. And it's, it's just like they keep showing it. And you're like, all right, what's the payoff going to mm-hmm. be? And then as Starfire inadvertently um, helps uh, Scarecrow and Jason with their plan, you realize that the water supply is now contaminated. Mm-hmm. And all this water just dumped in on Barbara's desk, which luckily she wasn't there. Right. She just if she would have been there, she would have been contaminated with it. Yeah. Yeah. So 
I love the way that they just kind of they kept every time they showed her in her office mm-hmm. in some way, shape, or form, you could see that water spot and the goldfish. They and, showed the uh, goldfish in the trash can afterwards. Yeah. So. Yeah. God, they're just they're killing so, it this season. I'm telling you, they are absolutely that was, on it. That was great. Now we we still have not. We've seen Donna Troy once in a flashback, mm-hmm. right, or a dream. We haven't seen Raven at all. Not even uh, we've gotten a mention, but not even a glimpse. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like I think so, these next four episodes is they're gonna have to be coming back because I think everybody right now is on the war path for Jason, and I hate it because I feel bad for the kid because he is. He is genuinely trying to do good. I don't know uh-huh. why he didn't stay with Tim Drake's body because, you know, Crypto ran up to him as uh, he was standing over Tim Drake. So I'm sure the team uh-huh. would have been like, you know, you, you shot him, would not have found a gun on Jason. And he'd be like, no, 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 this was not me. I just got here. Crane shot him. He goes, he's in there. Let me help you or something, you know. But he instead, he, the rioting they did real well with, he runs into the building. So now the team is like, Oh no, he's beyond saving. He just killed this kid, and yeah. it's oh, I'm telling you. And then the the very beginning we even mentioned was the the Titan symbol instead of the bat light, and that was so well done. Like and then Barbara and Dick talking on the phone about it. I was like, oh, this is great. I I I, I say it every week. I absolutely she's love this like, show. She's like, how big do you want it? And he's like, at least as big as the bat signal. Right. <laughs> Oh, and it's, did you see the, um, the, the visions with Corey with, uh, Starfire? I have no idea what's going on with that. Like we thought they stopped yeah. when she met with Blackfire, but they're still going on. And now there's a, a yeah. baby in the mix. Is it her? Is oh, it somebody else? Or? Not only that, but we, um, you know, we've been hearing Blackfire's the big bad. Mm-hmm. What's, what's well, four episodes left? What's going right. to happen? And there's a love, there's a triangle, not really a triangle, but a relationship forming with her and Superboy. And that, right. that, all those scenes kept cracking me up. I was laughing so hard at all those, just because the yeah, way they acted. Mean, they break the bed. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and, and I'm sitting there thinking that maneuver with him being who he is, mm-hmm. it would have killed her. Yeah. Just so she's she's got some sort of powers though. Like she doesn't know she does because that's the whole premise of everything. Why she's supposed to be uh, Starfire's supposed to be queen because she doesn't have any powers. But they showed a glimpse underneath a bed of the purple um, mist and everything, which is Blackfire. Yeah. So I'm like, she's obviously got some powers. She probably just doesn't know how to use them or develop them yet. I'm guessing. I really don't know. But I feel like she she definitely has powers which hadn't gotten there yet. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna it's it's gonna be interesting to see how they how they bring a lot of this about, and of course everything that goes on interrupts um, Barbara and Dick on a date mm-hmm. at some gala. Oh, and I was he's on his. I love it. I love the relationship, and I, I love the actress that's playing Barb. And but the the scene where. He spots Jason off of his walk, and so they had him cross-reference all the, the video cameras and everything, or all the cams, uh-huh. and he drives out in classic Dick Grayson uh, fashion on his bike and just gets absolutely plowed by a truck, like just absolutely destroyed him. And I just, oh, like the, the rioting on the show, like he could have killed him and everything. I, I just, man, I want more. And we still have four episodes to go, and I feel like once we get there, I'm still going to want more of this show. And that's... I say it every single week. I love it. It's slowly becoming one of my favorite uh, TV shows. 
and not just for this, not just for us being able to cover it this way, but so that we don't have as long of a wait. I'm glad that they're dropping it weekly. Mm -hmm. If they had dropped all this and I'd binged it the first weekend, it would make the wait even longer Yeah, between seasons. And I like doing it this way. Because I would have for sure. I don't think – and, like, there's a whole big, you know, debate going on right now too is you know, should they drop it all at once? Should they do weekly drops? And I'm of the mind, one, for our content, I'm glad they're doing weekly. But I also appreciate it more being weekly because now you get to sit back and think about that that, that one episode, like this episode we're talking about, and not just breeze plast it all and have maybe a 30, 45-minute conversation of the whole season. But instead, we're able to talk about and kind of analyze and talk about. And that's just what I enjoy about shows dropping like this. And I'm glad something like this is being dropped like it is. Um, now, some of the Flash shows – with them being 22 episodes, 23 episodes, I'm okay with them dropping all at once on Netflix like I watch them. I know they originally they air on CW weekly or sometimes bi-weekly or tri-weekly or however they do because of scheduling conflicts. But I, I'm, I, just, I enjoy what HBO Max and DC and Warner Brothers is doing with this series. And I know you, you feel the same way about Doom Patrol. I haven't gotten up yet. I need to catch up because it comes out this week. But... We'll have to talk about that soon because I need to I need to watch it this week so we can get caught up and talk about Doom Patrol once it drops. So yeah, yeah, I I will say one more thing too. I logged in to watch Titans this week and uh, HBO Max is now advertising Superman and Lois. Yes, they dropped so Thursday you, maybe this past if week. You missed it and you're like I need to binge that. It's now on HBO Max. Yes, so you. And do yourself a favor and watch it. I think, honestly, Chris, I think our biggest problem was the the breaks in between. And I feel like that took us out a lot of the show. And I really wish that – I really hope that doesn't happen in the future for season two because they've got a chance yeah. to make it great. And I'm ready for it. All right, everybody, let's get into your news. We've got three news stories this week. Not a whole lot to talk about, but some fun things to talk about. Again, I talked about the beginning of the show. The Emmys is on right now currently as we record the show. But that's not the only news from Ted Lasso this week. Our first news story is Jason Sudeikis gets a big pay raise for Ted Lasso Season 3. He was making, per episode of Season 1 and Season 2, around $300,000. For Season 3, per, yeah, that's all, okay. <laughs> for Season 3, though, he'll be making $1 million per episode. Okay. Yeah, I mean, all for it. Ted Lasso was beautiful, so... Uh, he's, but you also got to think though he's also executive producer for this as well. So I mean, kind of two different job roles, you know, EP and actor, main lead actor. So that that sounds about well, right and, to me. And how many how many episodes do they typically do? A Ten to twelve, give or take. Yeah. So so really, if you do a traditional series, he's making like half a million an episode. Right. If you look at it that way, so yeah. sounds about about the and with them getting all these Emmys and national recognition, I feel like there should be even more money coming onto that show. Yeah, so there, there will be. Uh, another thing here for you. We're going straight into our little bit of Marvel news here. Kristen Ritter says she would absolutely just die to play Jessica Jones again. I'm going to GamesRadar.com. This is by Emily Garbutt. Kristen Ritter, star of the Marvel TV show Jessica Jones, has expressed her enthusiasm for reprising the role if the opportunity ever arose, saying she would, quote, be there in a flash. 
Ritter played the titular, titular protagonist of the Netflix series, a former superhero who gives it all open up. It gives it all up to open a private detective agency in New York City. After an incident with the villain Kilgrave, who is in it, David Tennant, causes her to accidentally kill someone. Quote, I would absolutely just die to play Jessica again, Ritter said in an interview with Screen Rant. I had the best time doing it, and I just love her so much. I'm so proud of that character. Not only because it was like a great role and she's such a badass, but that character has really resonated with people in a way that I don't know who else has. Really, really resonated with women and girls, trauma survivors. It's just so, so big and such a thing I'm so grateful to have been part of. So if there's ever an opportunity for me to put on those boots, I will be there in a flash. I think all of the defenders need to come back. And well, we might get Charlie Cox and Spider-Man. Well, he's he was on set, so. Maybe not all. Right. Well, yeah, okay. Maybe not all, but I think I would be okay with seeing Jessica Ritter again in a different role. But uh, Kristen Ritter. Oh, Kristen Ritter, Jessica Jones. You know, bite me. Okay. Last news story I've got here for you is Legends of Tomorrow will premiere on Wednesday, October 13th for its seventh official season. Still going strong. Hopefully that means that they are going to drop their uh, season six on Netflix soon so I can get caught up and potentially even watch it live that week. Although CW really gets on my nerves watching on Hulu because of all the ads. I pay for things to not watch on ads. So that's just how I feel. And I can't watch it live. Have so. you, um, you've heard the news, right, about um, – and it's it's been in a lot of places, so – about John Constantine being no more. Yeah, this is this will be his last season. So it'll be him and so he's leaving. Which I mean, he's only been on what two and a half seasons. I feel like. Well, my understanding is he's Matt Ryan's going to stick around. He's going to play another character. Hmm. So we're going to do one of those then. Uh, Got to keep it fresh somehow, I guess. I don't know. Um, releases this week for September 20th to September 26th. Wednesday, September 22nd, we've got Star Wars Visions, the animated show for Disney+, Plus, which looks phenomenal. I will be tuning into it. Uh, also, Wednesday, September 22nd, for all my Mass Singer fans, it premieres. The newest season comes out on Fox. And then Thursday, September 23rd, most important for this show, is Doom Patrol HBO Max. I'm going to do everything I can to get 100% caught up this week on Doom Patrol so we can talk about Season three's Episode 1 next week. Or if they drop, uh, they might drop two episodes. I don't know what they're doing, Titans. But my question is, I don't remember the past because we weren't watching them back then. Were they on at the same time? Remember. Because I wonder if, if not, is there a crossover? Because, I mean, they're dropping weekly together. Both of them dropping on the same days. So... Maybe. I don't know. Does Tim Drake go to Doom Patrol? I don't know. Instead of being a part of Nightwing in them. Maybe. Just throwing that theory out there. That's all I've got for TV, Chris. All right, cool. Um, Let's jump right on into movies. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, did you only watch the one movie this week? Uh, Yes. After catching up on everything, we haven't had time to... Do anything, especially with watching Vandy football and all the football today. Yeah, I I just watched the one movie because um, oh. a- AHS is like it's commercial free, so the episodes are all like fifty five minutes, so basically an hour apiece. Um, 
So you're looking at five hours there. Mm-hmm. Just totally. Just of that content. So our movie review for this week was um, a classic 1960s Alfred Hitchcock thriller, Psycho. Um, now, I've seen this a number of times. This was one of my suggestions. Um, and Tyler, this was a first time watch for you. Yes. So let's hear it. So this movie, I didn't know how I would like it being in black and white. And I don't know if, where did you watch it on your own DVD or did you, um, stream it anywhere? Um, Blu-ray. Okay. We streamed it on, which Blu-ray would have been the same thing. We streamed it on Amazon prime and it looked great for the HD that they did. Like I, I know it was in black and white, but it didn't have like that grainy feel that most black and white right. stuff has. And I really enjoyed, um, I really enjoyed this movie. The twist at the end, we could talk about spoilers for this. I mean, it's, it's however many 50 years old at this, uh, no 60 years old at this point now. And the twist got me like, I was like, okay, this guy's uh-huh. mom is crazy. No, no, no. He is the mom. And that was just like the whole back and forth. Like I was waiting for the big twist of it all. But like after the main character got killed, I was like, oh, is that the end of the movie? I was like, because maybe they figure out it was him. Because I mean, I've heard of the, the Bates Motel, like the television show. Uh, there's remakes of this. And, but like I never knew what the gist of it all was. But that was like we saw the indention in the bed. I was like, okay, maybe she only sleeps in one position. No, no, no. Her dead corpse has been laying there. For however many years, making that indention, and he was, I was, it just blew my mind. Like because when he, when she turned the the body around and it was dead, I was like, what? And then they should twist it around and it's him in a wig and a dress. I was like, I I did not see that coming. Like I, I really enjoyed this on Letterboxd. <coughs> excuse me, I gave it a three star, so it's like right around a C plus B minus for me. Um, because it did the pacing did a little slow down for me, but I mean again, it was made in the nineteen sixties. Or 1960, so it probably made and produced in 1958, 1959, and it it was fun. Like the the cop, I was wondering what the whole point of the story was. So she steals the money, and she's planning to run away and potentially go to her new boyfriend, you know, who lives and was it L.A. or wherever he lived, somewhere else. He didn't live near her. Yeah, and then. The, the cop was being stalkerish on her and everything. And I was like, oh, okay, this is, I like, he's going to be the one to figure this out. And then we get a private investigator that figures things out. And I was, it, was, it was a ride. And the, the deaths were fun. And Jamie said, you know, this is the most famous, um, like you said as well, the most famous uh, shower scene in the world. And finally watching it, seeing her pull down dramatic fashion, pull the shower curtains down, the chocolate syrup everywhere because I didn't have real blood and stuff like that. I thought it was, it was so good. It's, it's, it's a classic for sure. It's probably Hitchcock's best known film. Um, there's a couple of things about it. So we're going to be reviewing Halloween kills. Yes. Um, in, in a few weeks John Carpenter directed the first Halloween mm-hmm. right and um, he cast Jamie Lee Curtis as Laurie Strode in that film um, the Marion Crane character in Psycho is played by Janet Lee who is Jamie Lee Curtis's mother I did not know that 
huh. so there's one Halloween there's one Halloween connection. Here's the thing. Fans think John Carpenter continued a character over from Psycho into his own film. Because Donald Pleasance's character, Dr. Sam Loomis, that's the same name for this Dr. Sam Loomis in Psycho, which is Marion Crane's boyfriend. Huh. And the the fan theory is after witnessing the events in Psycho, he switches from his practice at the time to a psychologist working with mental patients. And that's where he eventually encounters Michael Myers. Hmm. Now, Carpenter could Carpenter would never be able to say he did that because this character is uh, owned by someone else. Right. But and he's not denying it either. It's <laughs> he, people have made that connection, and it's just it seems odd, you know. Um, I've loved this film for years. This is um, probably the first. I can't remember if I saw this or The Birds first. For Hitchcock's films, um, it's really it's been parodied so many times, um, especially the shower scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want there was something I saw when I was when I was looking around about Hitchcock in uh, in regards to this film. Um, it says. First off, it, Hitchcock got an angry letter from a girl's father after the film came out. Um, the film Diabolique in 1955, she had watched it, and it has a scene that caused her to never want to take a bath again. And after seeing this, she never wanted to take a shower again either. Oh, my Lord. And uh, and reportedly, Hitchcock re- sent a note back to the to the man saying, send her to the dry cleaners. <laughs> <laughs> as a way to uh but there was another oh paramount paramount was the the studio that actually made this film and somebody probably lost a job over this because oh, no. they screwed up they screwed up big time someone at paramount apparently had um such a distaste for the film that they ended up deferring pretty much all the box office take to Hitchcock because they thought it was going to be a failure. So they just gave him all the box office receipts, or practically all, and the film made him a fortune. Right, and now, yeah, that, so that employee's probably not there anymore. No, <laughs> they probably didn't last long. But it's... Um, this house... The, the house for the for the motel was was one that when I first went to Universal Studios in Florida they had a reproduction of it right? oh that's Sitting awesome. up on a hill and I got a I got a shirt with the house and silhouette on it a purple background and everything and it was just it's phenomenal it this film is probably for me as far as thriller and suspense films this is probably like top five for me I well even like the I music was so iconic you know yeah and and hitchcock even he had agreed to a price with the composer 
And when he heard the score, he doubled what he had promised to pay the guy. Good, good man. Was, he knew it was going to be. He knew it was going to be such a big deal. Um, there's that shot at the end when they transition with Norman Bates, right? And uh, if if you slow the film down or you or you freeze it at just the right spot, you'll see that for one frame Hitchcock put a skull. Yes, I did see that. Where Norman's face was. Um, which was, again, it's those little details. And I think what made films like this so effective for Hitchcock, he was asked by a reporter what made his film so successful at scaring people. And he said, I tell them I'm going to set a bomb off in the theater, and I never do. So you're expecting this huge scare. Oh, okay. And he never really gives it to you. Like, the, the shower scene is probably the scariest moment in the entire film because the curtain just gets yanked back. It's it's almost like a, not quite a jump scare, but almost. And everything else is just suspenseful. You never really get another scare like that. Hmm. Well, the, so, so the I, scariest part to me was definitely the corpse spinning around. So that that was definitely the scariest for me. <laughs> the, I remember the first time I saw it, and, and yeah, you see her walking up to the chair, mm-hmm. and you're like, "Oh wow, his mom's just like chilling in the yeah, basement." Yeah, I was like, "She's she's demented. The There's something wrong here." Yeah, and she goes and she turns her around, and it's just a skull. Mm-hmm. But you know, the sequels play up his uh, interest in taxidermy. And hmm. how that helped preserve his mother. She's still nasty. Um, <laughs> yeah. Did yeah. the best it could. She's still right, you know. She she gross. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just and and then that that voice at the end, where he's doing his mom's voice, and uh, talking about how my Norman would never hurt a fly. Mm-hmm. And it's like. Uh, if I, you know he he did though <laughs> split personalities I guess all right next week next week we're looking at Ma and I, I'm trying to think this would probably be along the lines of a psycho in terms of being more of a suspense or thriller type of movie mm-hmm I don't think it's it's not really a straight up horror film. So, all right then. Uh, first bit of movie news: Knives Out Two has wrapped production. States Ryan Johnson. Did not take long. No. That could be good. That could be bad. Yeah. We'll who knows? <laughs> we filmed this in one week. Oh Lord. <laughs> All right, from Variety's Rebecca Rubin, Keegan-Michael Key to star alongside Timothy Chalamet and Wonka. Um, they aren't saying who he's going to play, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. But it's going. this Wonka film is going to, of course, be a prequel and explore the upbringing of Wonka. So we're going to see Wonka growing up. 
Good old um, prequel that nobody asked for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you have Wonka, or yeah, you have Willy Wonka, and then you have Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, which was kind of a retelling of Wonka. Right. And then this is a prequel to those. Yep. <laughs> I still think it's funny that Grandpa, and there's a meme going around about it, that Grandpa Joe was bedridden until he heard about the contest <laughs> oh to go to candy factory. <laughs> oh, it cracks around. me up every time. <laughs> I put this also next new story from, in just for you, by the way. I want to let you know. Oh, I appreciate that. Uh, from comicbook.com and Russ Burlingame, we get Zack Snyder's Justice League absolutely dominated its first week of physical sales. It ran away with the number one spot on the disc sales chart. Snyder cut managed to outpace The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, the number two seller for the week by a five to one margin. A box set of Snyder's three DC films, Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, and Zack Snyder's Justice League also cracked the top 20 showing up at number 14 um this this is good news mm -hmm. it's bad news it's bad news if you're warner brothers right i mean they make money off of it but they've already said we're not doing anything with it and the people are like yeah, yeah are you sure <laughs> so. um i wish they had i wish they had hard numbers here yeah instead of you know just on the but, charts yeah but that's phenomenal for it to have that kind, like five to one over the number two spot. Mm-hmm. Word? And the conjuring um, on top of that. Yeah. So this week, no major releases at theaters. Mm. Um, that's going to that's gonna change, though, coming up. Real soon. I'm so excited. We're, uh, we're, what, two weeks? Two, two weeks from now, we should have the... Uh, the upcoming releases will include Halloween Kills. Yeah, we're getting real close to our Halloween movies. Yeah. Well, we've got, I know, I think next week we've got No Time to Die comes out in the UK. And then, oh, yeah, we've got uh, Venom, Let There Be Carnage. They moved it up from October 10th to October 1st. So, yeah, did I've you got my see theories the, with that uh, one. You might have been the one that shared it. I can't remember. But the, uh, the farewell from Daniel Craig. Oh, it was beautiful. I loved yeah. it. It's just like, you know, because, I mean, he's been doing it for, what, a decade now, give or take? And, you know, most of those people have been with him throughout that decade. But, I mean, they've been done filming that movie forever. And I'm surprised it's just now coming out. So, Yeah. Vigia Games. On the game. Chris, I want to know, what you been playing? Anything fun? Anything new? Uh, no, just my normal. Yeah. I, I've been playing D2, and I've been playing Tales of Asperia, which is one of those Tales games, which it's... Oh, Jimmy just collapsed. I had to last so much just won something. And some other stuff. I was like, she ain't, she ain't copying me for playing games. <laughs> uh, but with this week, we got a bunch of games coming out that I know for sure one of which I've already pre-ordered. The other one I'll probably buy here in a little bit. And there's another one on the fence of that I'll start playing more. Destiny 2, uh, again, has just taken over my life. I mean, my Summer of Solstice shirt just came in yesterday. And then for my birthday, I got all the all the grimoires. And so I've been reading through the first one. So 
but I, I, I can't. I mean, it's they've taken so much of my life and so much of my money at this point. I just <laughs> I'd live for them at this point. So uh, yeah. video game news is kind of tie in with TV, uh, but decided to throw them into video games because I want a whole lot to talk about. The first one, though, is a fun one. Haley Atwell will voice Lara Croft in Netflix's Tomb Raider animated series. We're going to Polygon.com by Austin Gosselin for this one. Netflix is making an animated Tomb Raider series, and it's found us Lara Croft and Marvel actress Haley Atwell. The streaming service announced on Monday that Atwell will voice the character in the upcoming series, but that was pretty much the only detail they offered. The Tomb Raider animated series will actually be a sequel to the recent reboot trilogy, Picking up after the events of the last game, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Unfortunately, the end of that game only teased that Lara would go on other adventures in the future. So what this series is about is anyone's guess. Sounds like I need to play the games. And yeah, uh, actually figure out what's going on there. Another fun Marvel announcement news here along our video games. Anthony Mackie to play lead role in the live-action Twisted Metal series. We're going to Deadline.com by Justin Kroll for this one. After recently being named the next Captain America, Anthony Mackie looks to have found his next juicy role to sink his teeth into. Sources tell Deadline that Mackie is set to star in exec- and executive produce Sony Pictures Television and PlayStation Productions' Twisted Metal, a live-action adaptation of the popular video game. Mackie will play the lead role of John Doe in a half-hour in the half-hour live-action TV series. Okay, I thought it was like half-hour. That sounds like a terrible movie. Um, and insiders say Sony TV and PlayStation Productions are extremely high on the package and the plan is in the works to take it to buyers soon. Quote, We're thrilled to have Anthony Mackie on board. His ability to blend comedy, action, and drama is perfect for the twisted world we're creating, said Asad Kesselbesh, uh, head of PlayStation Productions. Now, did you ever play any of the Twisted Metal games? I think I played the first one. I think, right now in my bonus room, I've got four of them. One, two, three, and four, if I'm not mistaken. The original PlayStation ones. Um, and there's talks of them making a new Twisted Metal game series game, which I'm pretty sure there is. But this is going to be a fun movie, especially if they do it right. But with that, with Anthony Mackie being in on it and EPing it, yeah, we're going to have some fun with it. I'm excited about that one. But something else I am more excited about is this next news story, Chris, and that is Neil Druckmann will also direct The Last of Us on HBO. Going to comicbook.com by Logan Moore. Since the inception of HBO's television adaptation of PlayStation's beloved video game, The Last of Us, Naughty Dog's own writer and director of the game, Neil Druckmann, has been closely involved with the product. project. Druckmann himself has been one of the EPs and writers of the series alongside Craig Mason, who previously worked on HBO's Chernobyl. However, thanks to a new leak of information, it looks as though Druckmann will actually find himself behind the camera at one point during the production and has now been named as one of the directors of the series as well. Mentioned in a new document from the DGC, which is the Directors Guild of Canada, Druckmann was mentioned as a director for The Last of Us. While specifics regarding how many episodes he might direct weren't given, his name was mentioned alongside Craig Mazin, Peter Hoare, Kantemir Bologov, I butcher that name, and Jasmila Zabonik as some of the other directors will be rotating in throughout the course of the series. Production as a whole is said to have also started in July this year, which we already knew, while filming is said to be wrapped up June 2022. A a year-long filming, though. Yeesh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited, though. I mean, a lot of people on Twitter and things, of course, Twitter knows everything. People that comment on there know everything they're talking about. We're like, we're saying, there's much different uh, doing a being creative director of a video game to a creative director of a show or a movie, which I say, yes, that's true, 
But The Last of Us is essentially a movie on its own. And the way that they film these scenes and mocap and everything that they do might as well be uh, a TV yeah. show. So I can see where they're coming from, but I fully have faith in Neil Druckmann at this point. Really, I do. Well, plus, who knows the characters better? Right. Of, of course. The own writer and creator of it. So, that's. I mean, yeah. And then some sad news here. Battlefield 2042 has been officially been delayed. I'm going to directly on their statement on Twitter. But, Chris, it's not for long. I'm going directly off of oh. their picture they uploaded on Twitter. We've made the decision to shift the launch of Battlefield 2042. The game will now be released worldwide November 19, 2021, which is just a couple weeks later. Building the next generation of Battlefield during a global pandemic has created unforeseen challenges for our development teams. Given the scale and scope of the game, we had hopes our teams would be back in our studios together as we move towards launch. With the ongoing conditions not allowing that to happen safely, and with all the hard work the teams are doing from home, we feel it is important to take the extra time to deliver on the vision of Battlefield 2042 to our players. Your enthusiasm for the game has been very inspiring. We believe in the game we're making, and we thank you for your patience as we put some finishing touches into the experience. Updates on the open beta will be coming later this month. So before you click off that, uh-oh, you already clicked Oh, I, get, I could easily get back on there. Okay. Did you see the, at least the first reply that came up for me? From Insomniac? Modern Warzone. Oh, Modern Warzone was yours? Yeah. That's weird that that would be yours. Why is that? It should be the most liked. Let's see. I don't have Modern Wars on the mind. What does it say for yours? No. It oh, says it radio silence. Yeah. Radio silence can no longer be a thing after this delay. Your own game changers didn't even know about this until just now. Not good. No. And... So Modern Warzone is a a fan site that's driven like on just on uh -huh. news and stuff like that. So take what they have with a grain of salt. And I forget who said it. I forget, and I always forget his name. But a delayed game is is uh, a rush game is forever bad. A delayed game is forever good. And I'm one hundred, especially with the times that we're in right now. Where every game that you think is going to come out on, on said date is not going to come out on said date. You have to remember that. And like Insomniac was the first one on mine. It says, ready whenever, whenever it's ready, friends. And it just, so it just happens. But I'm just glad it's just by a couple of weeks. Because I was expecting this game to be delayed until after Halo in December. So, which it still could well, be. They had still to... could be. Yeah, I mean, who knows? They'll probably push Halo out again. So. Uh, I think they're really hard sticking on that December date. So we'll see though. Notable new releases this week for November for oof, not November. We're not rushing that far ahead. September twenty to September twenty sixth. Kena Bridge of Spirits comes out on PC, PS five, PS four, September twenty first. World War Z's expansion Aftermath for PC, PS4, and Xbox One, September twenty first. Diablo two Resurrected comes out on all consoles September twenty third. Death Straining Director's Cut for PlayStation 5, September 24th. Dragon Ball Z Kakarot for the Switch, September 24th. Great game. Platinum did on my PlayStation. Phenomenal game for all you DBZ folks out there. And then Lost Judgment for PS5, Xbox Series X, and PS4, September 24th. Kena Bridge of Spirits looks great. We have not heard any reviews yet. So that comes out on Tuesday. I imagine all the reviews will drop on Monday, tomorrow. So I'll be looking for that. Um, it depends on how they are. I probably will get it because it looks great that game was announced last year if not two years ago and we have hardly seen anything else about it so 
but I, I want it. Uh, Death Stranding Director's Cut, that's the one I pre-ordered. Uh, the first game didn't really grab me, but this game, they added a bunch of different traversal options that they added to the game. So I'm like, it's not no longer just a walking sim. And I love Hideo Kojima's brain, and I really want to play that game. Uh, and the other one I talked about earlier was Diablo 2 Resurrected. I want to see what it's like, um, but I'll probably get it for Xbox because I played Diablo 3. So I'm waiting on Marvel's Wolverine game. Oh, you probably have to wait till 2024, if I had to guess. If not, yeah, 2024. They won't release two Marvel games but, at the same time. There's no way. Insomniac won't. Well, they could. Eh, you never know. Yeah, Anyways. They've, they've still got Guardians to come out. And not, looking, not looking forward to that game. I'm just going to be yeah. honest with you. Uh, every time I see it, I'm like, mm. yeah, looks like a PlayStation 2 or PlayStation 3 game, honestly. But that's just my own opinion. But we'll see what it likes, what it's like when it comes out. But guys, this is episode 41 of the NerdWide Podcast. Thank you all so much for watching and or listening. Don't forget to subscribe to any of our podcasting services if you're on that way. If you're on YouTube watching us live, hey, it's good to see you. Thanks for looking at me here. Uh, if you did, if you uh, make, if you are there, leave us a thumbs up. If you don't like what our show, leave us down in the comments what we can do better to better help you as the consumer as well. If you want to follow us on social media, you can follow the NerdWide account at Nerd underscore Wide. If you want to follow me, you can follow me at Ty underscore Haynes. If you want to follow Chris, you can follow him at MavTN7. If you want to go to Facebook, search up NerdWide.com. Picture will be there. Hit like and follow there. You can follow our post there. But as for us, that has been this week's podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. We cannot wait to see you next week. Stay safe, and we'll see you then. Later, guys.